G-I-T-A. Got it, man. Just pray. G-I-T-A. Got it, man. Just pray. God is the only one that can fix it. God can do it. God can fix it. Man needs some help. He needs God's help. We need some help. God is the only one that can fix it. God can do it. God can fix it. G-I-T-A. God is the answer. Just pray. What are you willing to do? Tell me what was said that was not true. The young and old no longer being sold. The new slave master will never get old. The state they control. Prison system. Good afternoon. Welcome to KRE Poetry and Radio. Hear the truth. Testimonies and poems that can touch, change, and maybe even save lives. This is Kenneth Richard Everett Jr., Tolard, Vanish Boy, Junebug, and to some of y'all, Tolard. We just want to thank you because it's always a blessing to, to come on on a Sunday and know that we are all in love with the Lord, but to know more about the fact that we're talking about Hamilton Park. That's right, the Bobcats. And before we talk about the Bobcats, we just want to thank Larry Owens that was on with us last week. My, uh, my nephew was on, and it was a blessing to, to have him to be a part of uh, the show. Uh, talking about his company. We'll mention a little bit about that by the, at the end of the show. But we're going to get right into the show. And, you know, I always uh, have my uh, co-host, TJ, on. Uh, TJ, I just want to thank you once again for, for being a part of it. Uh, but, TJ, I want you to just, just say a few little things real quick about, about my nephew that came on last week uh, about his company and how you are looking forward to him being able to make a difference with some of the people that we know in the community. Well, again, uh, first of all, let me tell you again, thanks, uh, Tolar, for giving giving me the opportunity to be a part of this this show. And really, I'm looking at this show now as a part of my life. It's not just a show anymore. It's it's a part of my life. I'm looking forward to it. Now, what I found out and realized last week that uh, Larry, brother Larry, he's into business, but the business is really a something. It's going to be it's going to benefit a number of people. As a matter of fact, I had an opportunity to call him earlier during the week and tell him how much and how impressed I was of him and what he's doing and what his company is able to do. And if there's anyone out there in the listening audience, and you might know someone that's not in the listening audience that might be having some type of problem or a situation with getting some repairs done, especially when you have some coverage, that you are supposed to be able to rely on, we might not know the ins and the outs of how to do this. But uh, Larry, he convinced me, and I do know that he's going to be able to help a number of people in a number of different ways. So don't think it's something that might not be able to help you. Always reach out to Larry and see what he might be able to do for you. It was a God sin, a God blessing, and I want to thank you again, Larry. Thank you again, Tolar, for letting me be a part of this program. Like I said earlier, people, I'm not looking at this as just a podcast and a program now. This is a part of my life. This is something that we're doing for the Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior, who gave his life for us. He's asking me to do something. What is it that I'm good at? What is it that I might be able to do? And whatever it is that I might be able to do, 
I'm going to put my first foot forward and do the best that I can in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Thanks again. TJ, I appreciate that, TJ. It's always, it's always a blessing to, to hear you, you know, you, the way you speak and the way you always bring, uh, to make things real, real clear. Most people that know how we do this program, is, uh, I always share a poem because uh, I, I want to touch you. I want to touch you and make you start thinking because it's so important that we understand that death angel is coming to all of us. It's coming. And we just got to be ready. So I want to share one of my poems uh, before we bring on the guest because we got a lot of people that's going to come on and we're going to talk about Hamilton Park because when you yeah. talk, when you think about Hamilton Park, you, you think about uh, the, the families that had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, yes. They had a relationship, and they tried to make sure that their children had the relationship. And, and that's the blessing. That's the blessing that we, we have when you think about Hamilton Park, that the people that came from Hamilton Park, they made sure that children had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's, yes, what, that's yes. what we're doing now with this program is we're trying to let you know that the people that come on, they got testimonies to let you know you got to get hooked up with them. So I'm going to share this poem called, uh, it's called Share Your Life. Don't leave. Uh, let me start over again. I get so excited sometimes. Toe Britain took over. I had to change up. This is not going to be told on. Don't, don't live your life alone. You're only here for a little while. Then you're gone. Share your life with the people you love. They are the ones that you will need to help you up off your knees. Your family and God, you must keep close to your heart. Remember, God is the only one that can save us all. Before you die, make sure you know that God is the one that gave you life. So when I think about that, I think about, I think about Hamilton Park. I think about all the people in Hampton Park that, that shared their lives with, with each other. It became like a big family. TJ, he'll tell you how it, it was like a big family. And so I got some people on now that are going to let us know how much it meant to, to them. So the first person I want to I uh, let talk is, because I've been chasing him down. I've been chasing him down like I was, I was running track. I want, I want, I want Brother Charles, Brother Charles Dotson. Come on, Charles. Tell, say anything you want to say about Hamilton Park. Tell us how, how, what Hamilton Park meant for you to, to have your wife and to raise your, your girls in Hamilton Park. Just, just kind of share with us about that. And you being an athlete, too. I know you're an athlete. I heard about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank mm-hmm. you for having me on. Uh, you know, Hamilton Park, you know, when I was a little kid, you know, we we didn't actually live in Hampton Park, but we lived outskirts of Hampton Park. And uh, you know, like uh during that time it was only just black schools, you couldn't go to integrated schools. And so when they built Hampton Park, you know, we was bust into Hampton Park because we was being bused to South Dallas and because that that was the closest spot. So when they built Hampton Park then you know, we started going to Hamilton Park, you know. And I played football, uh, you know, I played football eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, you know, and Hamilton Park was 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 great community. I mean, you know, for blacks and for for the Razor family and, and, and uh you know, it it was just a, a, a good knitted com- community, you know. But that's the you know, I've been, you know, I, I live in Plano now, you know, and still love Hampton Park, but it's been a long time. You know, I've been, I've been away a long time. You know, I know the young generation is still there, and, 
and they still, you know, uh, doing great things, you know. But you know, my kids, they they still love Hamilton Park. We still love Hamilton Park, but you know, I've been away from Hamilton Park for a long time. Well, you know, you know, I, I, we we really appreciate the fact that uh, Hamilton Park is still planted within within your soul, you know. And 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 I know that's a that's a real blessing to to hear that. You know, even though you live away from Hamilton Park, but it made such an impact on you that you still think about Hamilton Park. And, and I, well, I got a quick question for you, and I know TJ may have something for you. Then we're going to bring on the other guests that we got. Uh, what okay. was it like you, for you to be an athlete in Hamilton Park, just to, just to play sports in, in Hamilton Park? What was that about for you as, a, as an athlete? Well, you know, I mean, you know, that that was a great – being an athlete was great in Hamilton Park. You know, like uh, – Hamilton Park was a uh, was a uh, I, I think a one A school, you know, uh, and we didn't have a lot of a lot of players, but you know, the, the players we had, we united together and we played together, and it was great time. I mean, you know, we had good time playing football together, we had great time playing basketball together, and it was it was just a lot of fun. Oh, awesome, awesome, TJ, TJ, if you got anything you want to say. See, we know he ran track. He played the ball. He told a little bit about it. But TJ, if there's anything that you want to say, because I just, I just appreciate. I've always had a lot of respect for Mr. Dodger, and uh, well, it's just he's all, every time I, every time I see him, he always be smiling, and, and I appreciated that all the time. What, 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 what I'd like to say is what, Char, what Charles isn't saying. Charles has been a little, he's been a little modest. He's he's telling the stories of the formative years of Hamilton Park, when like as he said, at one time Hamilton Park didn't exist, and Charles is actually talking about once Hamilton Park came in, he was one of the first students to enroll in Hamilton Park in our little school called Hamilton Park. Uh, before okay. then. Before then, when he was living in what I think it was called the White Rock area, uh, Little Egypt, over in there, he lived over in there, and those students were bused to Hamilton Park. Now, before there was Hamilton Park, he was probably bused more than likely to a school in North Dallas, probably Booger T, or something like that. Now, going back to his days, this is what I was able to find out and realize. Once I moved to Hamilton Park, I met Charles. I was in the 11th grade, Charles was in the 12th grade. Once I knew Charles, I knew that this was a guy who was real passionate about his sports. He was playing, he was a football player, and he was a very good football player. We didn't have a full, we, they didn't have a full team at that particular time. They had a team that was, that was in the learning process and growing process, and then later on in the, in the, in the later, latter years, well, then it started showing up. However, I remember Charles as being a guy, once he put his hands on the ball, he was going to give you 100% every single time. He was a good running back. And I almost I almost thought, man, if Charles was over at Booker T where I had just left, Charles would probably be all state or all district as a running back at his particular position. And then I realized that he didn't only play football, he played basketball as well. I'm not too sure about track, but I know he played basketball. I thought he played basketball better than he played football. But his expertise 
was being a bobcat. And he knew, he felt in his heart, and I felt, Charles, I felt this way about you. In your heart, whatever it was, and you were associated with it, you were going to give it more than 100%. And to give it more than 100%, that's sort of hard to do. But you were able to do that. And I saw that in you, Charles. Not just saying it because we're on this podcast, but I meant it now. I mean it right now, and I meant it then. I only thing I regret, I didn't have the opportunity to play any of the sports with you. I didn't. And that's that's something that I'll have to live with. Not you. You did your part, man. You did wow. your part. Well, thank you. Wow. Wow. Yep. Well, we definitely, we definitely, we definitely, TJ, thank you for that. You know, I got, you see, you said uh, uh, Charles didn't, didn't live in Hampton Park. Well, I got somebody else that didn't live in Hampton Park. Matter of fact, he was off a court road. Uh, I got J.B. Wallace on the, on the, on the, on the uh, other end. Jay, J.B., what, what you want to say, Jay? I love, I love my J.B. We grew up together. Uh, he's not old. He's a little older, but uh, he, he was a good example. I just got to say this for you, Jay. Uh, coming, going up on Coldfield and, and Card Road, you know, sometimes you, you have people that are bad influence. Uh, older guys may be a bad influence for the younger uh, guys coming up. But, but we didn't have to worry about that. You know, J.B. was not one of those type of people that, was was a bad influence for for the younger people. So so Jay, I just want to acknowledge you right there. That's the only time you're gonna get any kind of acknowledgement from me, Jay. Is just right now because I ain't gonna do it again. You better just go ahead. <laughs> just better go and take that. <laughs> go ahead, well, I appreciate that, uh, 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 Tola. Yeah, you know, how the park means meant a lot to me uh, growing up, and, and even to this day, uh, you know. My parents, you know, my mom still live in Hamilton Park. My sisters, you know, I got nieces and nephews still in Hamilton Park. So, I mean, it played a vital role in my upbringing. And, uh, you know, and I was fortunate to go to all-black high school, all-black college. And, man, and that was the best of both worlds, you know. Like I tell everybody, each day that I was at Hamilton Park, it, the, every day was better than the previous day. I said, I, and, and the mm-hmm. same way in college. Uh, now, my class was the last class to graduate from Hamilton Park, which was probably the class that had the, the greatest athletes academically. Uh, we had uh, the greatest uh, class academically and athletically. Uh, you know, uh, quite a few of our uh, classmates went on to college and, and, you know, and those type of things. And, you know, and what, what uh, I guess is funny, when I tell people I'm from Hamilton Park, uh, that, yeah, I said, with the bougie, you, you grew up with the bougie. And, and, and it wasn't like that. But uh, We didn't know what bougie was. We were just, you know, mom, dad working. People going to school, everybody's having a good time, enjoying life, and growing up, you know, being, you know, being, being kids. But it wasn't nothing about uh, bougie, and you know, and every, and even till this day, that's one of the remarks that I hear. And, and but if you ask people that live in Hamilton Park, it's it's nothing like that, you know. It's nothing like that. But I did have a great time. Man, it was fantastic. The community was even greater. The support, everything. 
I can go on and on and on and on and on talking about how how the part uh, had a major role in my life. Debbie, hmm. you know, one of the things uh, I want to ask you, then I'm going I'm to I'm I'm bring Mr. Mr. Donald Payton on, uh, give me a question. So, some of the athletes, okay, let's say you, you know, you, you were the last, your know, class is the last. Talk about some of those athletes that, that you kind of looked up to uh, at Hamilton Park, you know. Okay. Well, we're going to start with number 43. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I'm still a coach, and I even try to get the kids today to wear 43. They look at me like I'm crazy. Coach, that number's too big. You know, they want one and zero and two and eight. So if you get a kid in a jersey that's, that has a 30 or something number on it, they'll look down on you. But, you know, and I coach running backs, and I try to, hey, son, won't you wear 43? Then I tell them the history of 43. No, I said, yeah, it started with, I mean, well, let me put it like this. I know Roosevelt Griffin Ward, then Darby Ward, and then I Ward. Now, it may be somebody ahead of Griffin, but when I tell them about the, the number 43, yeah, man, they, uh, they they don't want no, no part of wearing that number. And uh, But it was some tremendous athletes at Hamilton Park, you know. You go from... Alexander, uh, uh, Fady, Andre, Wayne Harris, Versi Elam. You can go on and on and on. Cheetah, uh, Lonnell Galloway, Don Gall- uh, the Galloway, Tudlu. Uh, every class, every class had great athletes. Carl Lockhart, Charles Lockhart. You can just go on and on and on. And once you start naming them, you're going to leave somebody out. But, uh, you know, and, and to play football at Hamilton Park was a privilege. I mean, just a privilege to put on that red and white. And I'm going to say this. The uniforms, you know, I told them, I tell them why I like Ohio State so much, because their uniforms were like our uniform <laughs> at Hamilton Park. The red, the gray, mm. the silver. Hamilton Park was way ahead of their time. You know, most teams would have a a black jersey and a white jersey and one pair of pants. But Hamilton Park had white uniforms, they had red uniforms, they had silver uniforms. And we didn't hurt for nothing at Hamilton Park. Nothing. Wow. And and, wow. and trying wow. to try to steal a jersey or some pants, man that was a blessing if you was able to steal one. But, uh, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you might not be caught you know wearing what? one hey. either. Jay, you see, Jay, you should be telling yourself, see, Jay, see, Jay don't want to tell y'all too. Jay was over on Cloverfield Drive. I was wondering how JB could always have a different jersey on and and different <laughs> pants on on Cloverfield Drive because we we was across Central Expressway and y'all didn't see him. They be so all those jerseys, those jerseys from the park. No. I think only so one jersey, man. That was my uh, my senior year. I think I was able to get that one jersey. <laughs> okay. yeah. I appreciate. It. I want to ask uh, uh, Brother Payton, uh, Don Payton. 
You've heard them talking stuff. And, and before I said, Jay, I told you I was only going to let you slide one time. Jay, the reason why the kids didn't want, want to wear number, 30, number 43 because you told them that was your number. And they said, if that's Coach Wallace's number, I don't want that number. That's the reason why they don't want to wear 43, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, man. That's the reason why. Coach Wise word, I don't want to word. <laughs> but uh, we got Don Payton on. Don Payton. You know, yeah. JB, uh, he, he's, he's named some of the athletes, and uh, and uh, I'm going to be Charles named some that he remember, and then TJ going to name some. Then we may have some more athletes come on. But when you think about uh, some of the athletes that came from Hamilton Park, I know you uh, we, you and I talked before, and you, you talked about some of the athletes. Who, who would you want to be uh, talk about, uh, Mr. Payton? Well, the number one man that I talk about as far as the athletic program was was Coach John L. Jones. Coach Jones, Coach Jones was actually supposed to be the first back quarterback to play in the NFL because of racism. He got denied, but. Coach Jones came out of a program out of Tallahassee, Florida, called Florida A&M Rattlers. Mm-hmm. Coach Jones, I'm looking at his numbers now. He was the quarterback that was throwing to a running back named Willie Gallimore, mm-hmm. who was one of the first blacks in the NFL. He got drafted in 1956 by the Chicago Bears. But Coach Jones was his quarterback. And in the era of uh, Coach Jones, when he was quarterback, uh, they went, one year they went 8-0, and 8-1-0, and and they scored 315 points compared to 139. The next year, Coach Jones and his team went scored 369 points to 94 for their opponents. The next year, they went 7, they went 8-1-0, and, and they scored 406 points to 96 points. Coach Jones was the quarterback. He made, he put Florida A&M on the radar as the number one black college team in the country. So, so when Coach Jones came in, he brought that winning spirit to Hamilton Park. He brought in them plays. Mr. Griffin was head coach, but Coach Jones was the coach. And what Coach Jones brought in, and I learned, got a chance to hang out with the coach some over the years, and uh, what he brought in, I learned from him that good coaches don't necessarily go to the Hall of Fame, but they send people to the Hall of Fame. Hmm. See, that's the difference between a coach, a good coach, and an excellent coach. 
excellent coaches don't necessarily, good coaches don't necessarily go to the Super Bowl, but they send people to the Super Bowl. And Coach Jones was that kind of coach. So if you're talking about the athletes, they were good athletes, but they had to have somebody who was guiding them, you see. And Mr. Griffin, I like Coach Griffin. He was an intelligent man. You know, he ended up being the president of Jarvis College. But when it came down to pure football and pure football plays, Coach Jones brought in that Florida A&M system. And we ran with it. That year, those years that he was here, that he was here, we never had a losing season. So that's what I remember is having Coach Jones, who was a, a very, very great teacher. He was a great teacher. He taught us all about science and the brains and and that kind of thing. And, and he'll beat the he shit out of you, too. Oh, yeah, well, every, everybody <laughs> had a board. The band director had a board. The principal had a board. The coaches had, had boards. I think that was Mr. Love's love with making them damn paddles to beat kids with. <laughs> so, because uh, we never did make no furniture, and I'd go to other schools and... I go to other schools, and them kids in Woodshop were making dressers and couches, and we were making goddamn boards. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, you know, that was, uh, like I say, I just knew him as Coach Jones, but in later years we talked, and he told me about the, the years that he had playing college ball. Now, uh, when he left Hamlin Park, he went out to Los Angeles for some years, and his team out there in Los Angeles was winning. They were city champs and in the playoffs and stuff. So that let you know that he was a winner. It wasn't just necessarily the, the kids that he started with. It was the kids that he made. And so I'd always admire him. And, you know, in the years I'm coming from growing up and having a parking in later years, I uh, found out that some of the people out there were uh, uh, some of the best in the world. We had uh, a lady who taught there named Miss Hardy, taught mm-hmm. in Hamlin uh, Park. Her husband was John Hardy one of the number one tenor players in the world. He went around the world with his saxophone. He influenced people. He influenced people like uh, uh, Charlie Parker and uh, James Clay and David Newman. Yeah, he was uh, he was the man of uh, with tenor saxophone. And then we had... Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Brotherton, he had two kids in Hamlin Park, Frida and Lee He was the first black policeman in Dallas. And uh, he was also a member of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. And Beverly Marshall, she's still in Hamlin Park. Her dad was a Tuskegee Airmen. 
So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we had some people that were were uh, good role models for us. And you're talking about the athletes. Uh, somebody had the culture. They just weren't born. They weren't born straight-up athletes. Some of them were named after famous athletes. You had Fader Tillman's brother, who Andre, who went to the pros. He was named after Andre Drop, who was a, a very famous wrestler in the uh, late 1940s and 1950s. His name was Andre Drop Tillman. So he was named after uh, one of the world's most popular wrestlers. So, uh, you know, it was kind of strange how some of our parents knew that we could achieve. They they set good goals for us. We had Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Joseph Williams, who was the first, one of the first five black doctors to practice in the White Hospital. Him, along with Dr. Prince. So, uh, you know, people couldn't tell us that we couldn't be doctors and we couldn't be dentists and lawyers because we had Dr. Kidd, one of the top black dentists in the city. So we had a lots of positive, lots of positive role models. We had uh, Coach Blakely out there, uh, mm-hmm. whose family is genetically athletic. His granddaughter, his great granddaughter, is already headed to the Olympics. Her name is Sky Blakely, one mm-hmm. of the top five, one of the top five uh, uh, gymnasts Gymnast. in the, in the world. Third only to Simone Biles. Mm. So, uh, and Coach Blakely, they don't talk about him, but Coach Blakely went down there to Tuskegee in one year. They won the National Black College Championship with four men. So, uh, and, and so he was the nation's punt return at one time. He led the nation in, in punt or kickoff returns. It was one of them. Yep. That's Lindorf. I'm talking about his dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about the band. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Coach Blake coached over at Lincoln High School. Lincoln, Coach right, right. Dwayne Thomas. Coach Dwayne Thomas in that group. So, uh, you know, they don't talk about Dwayne, but he's one of the baddest, baddest running backs the Cowboys ever had. But, you know, it really did help him when he called, called Tom Landry a plastic motherfucker. But, <laughs> Uh, 
started a whole brand new trend. He played in an up-and-coming football league called American Football League and played for the Dallas Texans, who are now the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, he was from Denton. And uh, Abner, you see the Cowboys, they were playing that old third down in a cloud of dust uh, football. But uh, Abner was scared back. And he made Lamar Hunt's team, made Lamar Hunt's team shine. So Lamar Hunt started going down there into the sweat, recruiting them black players, paying $15,000 a year to come and play in the uh, NFL, I mean in the AFL, the Upstart League. So, uh, you see, and so uh, Carl, Carl was a super athlete and so was his brother Charles, but Charles used to have a, was pretty hot-headed. And, uh, you know, he uh, had some problems down there with the Houston Oilers. But they were all multi-sport, multi-sports athletes. And so uh, we had uh, a lot of influence in uh, in Hamilton Park, a lot of very positive, a lot of positive people. We, uh, But, again, we can't overlook Coach John L. Jones because mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Griffin, I think he had, he had, one play, I think he like it's called T T Buck Thirty or or something. It was, I think it was the one play he ran at T Buck Thirty left and T Buck Thirty right and T Buck Thirty up the middle. <laughs> and so uh, what? About, what about you know? I was thinking about you know when we think about what about some of the, the I mean basketball. Was there any good any good basketball players? I know I know. Uh, Charles, Charles was a basketball player, but any more basketball players that were really just still like? Because I, I remember, you know, going going to some of the games, and I, and I remember like uh, uh, Charles Haley, and I remember uh, Deborah Stanley, and Stanley. and uh, Hunt James James Hunt, and and some of these guys, you know. And and like I said, so Wolf, talk, Wolf some, was some of the, oh yeah, Wolf forgot about Wolf. I tried to get Wolf. Yeah. Come on, Wolf played ball. I, so mm-hmm. what about some of the basketball players? Well, the first. The first one to make All-State was Lionel Galloway. He was mm-hmm. All-State in two sports. He was All-State, All-State in, in uh, uh, football and basketball. But, you know, Hamden Park never really had any extremely tall guys. It was all pretty short guys. But, uh, you know, all the most of the emphasis was on that football program. They never did really push basketball, push basketball that strong. They uh, all of the energy and all of the time, you know, was uh, making everybody. Uh, it wasn't until Coach Irving got there, Coach Irving, when they started putting emphasis on on on, on basketball. And I think Coach Irvin coached like uh, maybe Delbert and uh, in in that group, right around my junior, maybe my sophomore year. I think that's when Coach Irvin got there, and then he started putting emphasis on on, on basketball a little bit more than okay. than in the past. Mm-hmm. But it was all. Yeah, but what about, what about, what about, you had to uh, have to remember that. <clears throat> 
a lot of emphasis in having the power was placed on academics. It just wasn't uh, a sport, straight-up sport school. Everything was about sports. You could play sports, but you had to get your homework in. You know, yeah, yeah. you had to do your you had to do your academic part. So as a result, it turned out a lot of very smart kids, like Dr. Joseph Williams Jr., who was uh, one of the country's very best ear, nose, and throat doctors. And so uh, you had uh, and they put that emphasis on business. We had guys like uh, Ray Robinson. Who's the top yeah. top black man in the history of uh, uh, AT and T Telephone? Had forty five thousand employees. So uh, you know that was I think that's what made Hamlin Park special. That it just wasn't a sports school because they made mm-hmm. sports and academics run shoulder to shoulder, head to head. We had James Alexander called him Pimp. In the year he graduated, he scored the highest score on the college entrance test of anybody in the whole Richardson Independent School District. Black yeah, or white. Because they, they just wouldn't let anybody go to SMU, you know, no blacks anyway. So so you have to be you know, you know what it is. SMU back in that day. You know, and I like to, I like to just, just jump in on the fact that I, I remember how important uh, it was to get your grades because I remember playing basketball at Hampton Park and, and I was in, we was in Coach Irvin and and it was I, I remember he, I don't even want to call the people's name that he called that made it go in the locker room but he said how are you gonna how are you gonna play from on my basketball team and you can't you can't pass my test go in the restroom well everybody know everybody knew that when you were going to the restroom oh man you would just hear the person screaming out loud. Oh, no, it was locker room. It was locker room, and they would you would put your hand, your fingers through those those uh, little uh, the chain and stuff, and you would hear them getting a, getting a lick for for failing a test, you know. And so when you played sports at Hampton Park, you you had to pass a test. And so I just wanted to piggyback on the fact that Hampton Park was all about it wasn't all about athletics. It was all about an education. Because for me, leaving Hampton Park, when I left Hampton Park, I went to Richardson. Well, I, I was. And, and I was in algebra. I, as the ninth graders, I was in algebra, so it was it was stressed. But I want to bring this point up because it's really kind of sad the way I look at things when I look at this. Because what happened was a lot of the real smart uh, blacks that left Hamilton Park and we went to Richardson, well, they, they put some of us in an in, in algebra class and then some of them went to fundamental math. And, and what happened was there was no counselors out to really guide the kids. And so... Most of the most of the smartest blacks that should have been taking algebra, they went and took fundamental math because it was so easy. Uh, I just happened I just happened to to stay in the algebra class, but that was the thing that I saw that was sad that some of the smartest blacks in math that left Hamilton Park when they went to when they went to uh, integration came in, they didn't even go any they didn't go as high as they should have because they start going into fundamental math and from that point on they didn't really achieve like they could have. So I just wanted to throw well, that well, in. But back to well, back to Ms. Patton. Well, let, me that, say this. let me say this. Coach Jones used to whoop a whole classroom. He'd been there grading, grading those papers, 40, 25. And, and he'd get to shaking his head about after maybe six or seven papers. He done graded. He'll take the whole papers, throw them up in there, 
Boys in the restroom, <laughs> girls in the halls on their knees. And, man, what the, we get in there, he going to beat all of He used to whoop a whole classroom. And, you know, he would give us certain information to learn. And if we didn't learn it, that was your ass. I mean, he didn't play with, like I say, he taught science. And he would try to get us to learn photosynthesis, the, you know, about the plants and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, he'd get the shaking and grading those tables. And after about five or six papers, ain't nobody passed in. He would just take the papers, throw them up in there, boys in the bathroom, girls in the hall on their knees. And that was it. Yeah, you know, Jay. Well, the reason, huh? reason why JB remember the reason why JB remembers so well because he was one of those that that, that was going straight to the restroom. We already knew he went through before the papers even before the papers even thrown up in the air. He was already in the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He said I'm gonna whoop everybody, not to mention JB." I JB already in the restroom. He no way.
but it all led up to one particular thing that I can really, really believe in, and that's that if you love and treat people right, if you love and treat people fair, well, all of that will in turn, it'll come right back and it'll bounce right off of you and it'll bounce to someone else and someone else and someone else. We can talk about we can speak about the athletes that we had in Hamilton Park, but we had some band members in Hamilton Park that made a lot of difference in the school, in the life itself. We had everything was all connected around the school, the churches, and the community. And that's what made Hamilton Park stand out in so many different areas. You can't think of an area. You can't, whether it's a politician, whether it's a business owner, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's an engineer, we've had in this little setting out here in this area, there's some impact that makes a difference in the world today. And it all started with the two little words called Hamilton Park. That was the beginning of all of it. Right. Can't to throw that in just for a minute. Even though we were supposed to be... Basically talking about some of the athletes, of course we had athletes, but we had some doctors, and we have lawyers, and we have business representatives, and we we could we can go on and on and on and on, and I mean this literally, we can. We've covered everything. It's because we were we all had good teachers, starting with our parents. Our teachers in this little bitty school, this little bitty country-type school, 1 through 12th grade, it didn't get any better than that, man. We didn't care where we went, what we had to do. We knew that we were going to be people that was going to be real concerned about, what is Hamilton Park doing? What are they going to do next? What's going on with Hamilton Park? And it's all because of the leadership that we have. We can't just sing out one or two. We've got to see you know, all of them. We we voted. Hamden Park voted ninety eight percent. They had one of the highest percentage right. voting rates in the United States of America. That's it was right. one of the few communities. Mister Harris used to get on a megaphone on his car, or truck, or whatever he was driving, and ride around the neighborhood. And tell people that we're trying to vote. Wake up, wake up! Exactly. Go vote. And they wow. Wow. One it was, of the it was, highest, one of the highest voting percentages per per precinct in the America. That's right. Wow. That's Absolutely. Powerful. powerful. You know, I got, I got, I want to get, I got a. Uh, 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 I got Walt on, but I got a, a two a two one four five. Oh, I'm sorry, two one four two five three. Press one. Want to give you a chance to say something? That's uh two one four two five three. Press one, and you can talk. Who who no. number that is? You know, his brother was the first. His brother was the first PhD from Hamilton Park. Harbaugh went down in Fairview. It was the first student from Hamlin Park to ever earn a PhD, Dr. Bonner. Oh, awesome. Uh, I, got, I got a number that they want to, they want to say something. Two, five, two, one, four, two, five, three. Who number that is? Who's that? If, if they don't come on, I want to give Walter an opportunity to say something. Walter's on two, one, four, four, zero, four. Walter, if you're on, 
I want to make sure you get the opportunity to say something before we get out of here. Uh, then I got a 214-253 uh, coaches on. So the mic is open on you. Just press one, you can start talking. Okay. Uh, am I on? You're on, you're on, you're on. Okay. I, yes, sir, you're on. Go back a little, go back a little bit, talk about athletes. Now, I know we've talked a lot about athletes, but I don't remember who said that uh, Coach Jones Coach Jones had the first winning team. Let's go back a my senior year. Now I was I played football for him before from the second year he was there open to up until the sixty sixty one. Am I muted? I'm unmuted. And uh let me tell you something. In nineteen sixty, Thomas Jefferson and I were on the same team, Jerry McCoy, final Lockhart, we lost one game. Um, am I am I Am I being heard? Yep, that's yeah, the great station. Yeah, you always got some balls walking. But anyway, let's, yeah, let's go back. Go back. Okay, we're ready? Yeah, you're on, Walter. You're on. Okay. We're talking about Walter. Coach Jones. He was he was a great he was a great coach. I, I, I admit that. But remember back in nineteen sixty, I played from from a second year having before I had a football team on up to sixty. I graduated sixty one. In nineteen sixty, Hamilton Park, Coach Griffin was the coach. We lost one game. It was the last game we played. Nobody scored over twelve points on us that year, and we didn't score under twenty something. I don't remember what it was. However, I do agree that Coach Jones was the best coach that we had had in a long time. Now, Leroy Breedlove, now you guys don't remember this, but back, way back, we had players that y'all don't even know. We had my brother, Harold Bond was a, was a heck of a lineman. We had Calvin Hubbard was a heck of a fullback. We had, well, MacArthur Galloway and George Hitch came up a little behind us. Back in back in the old days, you guys don't know it, we had some heck of athletes that we didn't win. Most of the college have enough players. The first year I played, I played first string. I had never been on a football field in my life. So how do you expect us to win anyway? However, as I grew, I started learning. I don't think I don't think Greg was the best coach in the world. Believe me, I don't think that. But we had some great athletes on, the, on those teams. And back off the Galloway came up. We had uh, Raymond Galloway. But with Jerry McCoy, John Jr. Turner, Thomas Jefferson with us, Carl Lockhart. Now, if we had had maybe Coach Jones, maybe we would have won the state. I don't know. Now, I do know one thing. You go way back to the beginning. We had a coach named Leroy Breedlove. That man, you're talking about whooping somebody, he whooped you in the classroom, on the football field, and in the hall if you did something wrong. However, everybody loved him because he demanded respect. Now, I, I, I just got out of a sling because my shoulders messed up. I think it's because Leroy Breedlove, was showing the guy how to run, and I tackled him in my, in my, in my second year, of foot, my first year of football. Now, let me tell you something. We had some guys that didn't mind tackling. Let me tell you, one of the best tacklers Hunter Park ever had. He was my classmate, Jerry Skeller. Jerry Skeller yeah. played, I think, <laughs> one or two years. Now, I was co-captain of the team two years in a row, my last two years. I, I played, I had guys, honestly, I had guys from Kaufman, and McKinney told me that the coaches uh, said they was not going to run my direction. Now, that's no lie. I ain't bragging on myself. That's what they said. But I could not tackle like Jerry Skinner. 
Jerry Skinner came out there, and I could not believe it. That guy, open field tackling, he hit you, went down to Jaws Christian College and, and played for Jaws. Now, I was co-captain of the team two years in a row, went to Jaws on a scholarship, man told me, you go to Chanel. I was too little on the lineman. So we had some great athletes, but we but we did have a winning team. Uh, who was that saying that we didn't have a winning team? Back to, uh, but we had a winning team in 1960. Right, right, quarterfinal right. challenge. Quarterfinal challenge. Right. Yeah, we and got we, we got, got beat by West. Got beat by, by West Station. West Station, right. Now, all the time we have that pressing, two boys, Carl, uh, Carl Jackson and uh, Griffin told me to take them over to the side, teach them how to get through the line. Now, I wasn't on the championship team, but I taught Carl Jackson and uh, – and, and uh, came in with Walton, Walton, Larry Walton. Talked to him, I get through the line, block and stuff. Other guys told me, some of the guys too. So you start talking about those guys, how good they were. Some of us old guys taught those guys how to do some of those things. So that's that's one thing. Now, now we're talking about teachers. Yeah, we had some great teachers, but we didn't have, in some, in some class, we didn't have the best teachers, believe me. Some of them were full of bull crap. Now, I know that for a fact. I gave it to Mrs. Vision Starks. She not only taught you, she would also talk. talk uh, she taught you, and she'd also kick your butt if you didn't do what she said to do. Griffin was a good, 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 good person. I liked him. He ended up being a preacher. However, he had picks. If you wasn't from Hamilton Park, Griffin didn't like you. I'm going to be frank with you. Except for Mac Alford Galloway. Now, that may not sound good to you guys, but that's a fact. Now, I played five years, like I said. I played uh, on the team. And do you know when I got, got ready to go to Jacqueline Griffin's playing, he, he told me I had one, one strike. I said, Mr. Griffin, I've been playing. Well, that don't count. But that's no way to treat a person. However, I don't, I don't hold that against nobody. I mean, I'm just tell you the facts, but let's forget about all that. However, we did have a great team. Bob Lockhart was a great heck of a uh, linebacker and receiver. My brother Richard played quarterback some. He played behind Brewster, I believe. Brewster was a heck of a quarterback. And he said he'd love to throw this with Lockhart. Lockhart would go up and get the ball. You throw it up in the air, he'd go get it. And, man, that guy could catch. I was surprised that he wasn't a, wasn't a receiver. So, now, wait, I can go back to some guys y'all never heard of. The first quarterback in Hamilton Park football team, you probably don't even know his name. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I knew it, but I just started a while ago. But anyway, um, uh, I can't think of his name right now. But see, y'all, if not here, you don't know. You young guys. Who? Jimmy, Jimmy Jackson. Jackson. Jimmy, Jimmy Jackson, right. Jimmy Jackson was the first Black Jimmy Jackson. We called him Black Jimmy Jackson. That's right. Jimmy Jackson, the first quarterback. So a lot of guys heard Now, so I played with Jimmy. I played with uh, Ernest Rawls, Frankie Galloway. I played with those older guys. I, I mean, and there were some good athletes. We didn't have the training. The training, like you guys said. Coach Jones, I've heard Richard and other guys talk about it. He taught those guys some things that we didn't we didn't get taught. I know that. But we still had some heck of athletes. If we had had that teaching, we would have probably won the state. My same here. Would you like so, Tom? Yeah. Tom yeah, no doubt about it, Walter. You know what you know that yes, being what's going on. We uh yes, when we were when we were at down at Jarvis, that was the year after quarterfinals. Well, people like Brewster and 
some of the other guys were right behind us. They would come down to Java sometimes and say, man, we've got a coach that just come in. His name is John Jones. His name is Jones. He come out of Florida. And, man, he's teaching us some stuff. If we had this last year, we would have gone to state. We would have won state with no problem whatsoever. So we knew things improved for us as Hamilton Park students as we went along. In the beginning, when Jimmy Jack and all those guys were first starting learning how to play football, that's what they were doing. They were learning how to play the game. And then as time went on, then we knew how to play the game, and then we had the talent, and then we had the coaching, and then the rest of it is history. The rest is history. Uh-huh. Well, you know, one thing I, one thing I love about uh, the KRE portion in radio is that the people come on, they know that we just want to hear the truth. So, Walter, all you did was uh-huh. the truth, because that's what the – it's the KRE portion radio – Hear the truth. So, ain't nothing wrong with telling the truth. And, and so, I, I appreciate right, right. you because uh, the, the truth the truth is is that everybody on this line needs to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the truth. Yes, that's, that's, that's the, the that's truth. What, and that's what we're all about, you know. So, I wouldn't want you to come on uh, the KRE Poetry, uh, hear the truth and lie. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't right. make no sense, you know. So, so I just want to let you know I, I appreciate that. And I know TJ, I know everyone that, that listens to yes. it to the podcast, uh, hearing the truth is what it's about. You know, and I, and I just want to say Good thank you for, for coming on. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Walter. I just want to say one thing that, uh, guys, all you guys may know my wife, Audrey, she was killing, right? Then uh, she's married to me, Audrey. She was a pastor, my pastor. She, she pastored for 30 years. Well, today was, today she's retiring today. So I just want to make an announcement. She is now retired from the, from the pulpit. She'll still be, you know, Teaching classes and stuff, but I just wanted to make sure. Walter, yeah, Walter, I yeah. want to ask a question. Was that, was that y'all on the news the other day that got the the paper to save y'all's church? Was that y'all? We got no, it wasn't. They saved the black church over there from the people who lived in the neighborhood, and I was wondering, no, was that, that y'all's church? No, we were no, we were in Long Fellowship. No, we were in a hotel. No, no, that little church is over in the middle of those apartments. We went over there, and uh, they just saved it. We met over there. I took a bus tour over there, and uh, you and Audrey were. Yeah. Well, that's Mount Pisgah old church. Uh, now this is a little bitty church in the middle of some great big houses. In the in the I'm middle of the big beautiful houses over there. Oh yeah, you're talking about the Methodist church. That was her, my wife's uh, church when she grew up. But uh, I, I was Baptist. She, Audrey was a. Uh, that was a. Uh, in fact, this church is still there. They moved it to a big new church. I know my cousin uh, Faye Love, John Love's wife. Uh, she's a member there. But that's what you're talking about. It's in the middle of all those part of the graveyard and also in the middle of a bunch of apartments. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Well, yeah. Well, Walter, that's, that's, that's a real blessing. Uh, we're just so so thankful that, that your wife will be able to, to be there with you. I can spend more time together. Uh, that's that's really uh, important because, and the reason why I say that, because I, I want, I'm going to share this uh, this poem again that I, I shared at the beginning because, see, what you what, what, what what's happening is, is your wife getting a chance to, to share the rest of the time with you is because it says, share your life. I read this at the beginning, and somebody that came on at the beginning 
I mean, that didn't come on in the beginning, and you get a chance to hear it. So I want to just share it one more, one more time where it says, uh, share your life. Don't live your life alone. You're only here for a little while, and then you're gone. Share your life with the people you love. They are the ones that you will need to help you up off your knees. Your family and God, you must keep close to your heart. Remember, God is the only one that can save us all. Before you die, make sure you know that God is the one that gave you life. And I, and I just wanted to read that again because Amen. of the fact that uh, when, I, when, I, when you said that, Walter, man, it's a, it's a blessing uh, for you to, to still have your wife around to, to share. You know, I, I remember yes. on the last time and, and, you, and you, you talked about that and, and to see how important she is to you. And then, then I know with, uh, with TJ and his wife, and I say, so for, for me, to, to, after we, we, we talked about Hamilton Park, but, but we, we know that the most important thing is, is our relationship that we have with, with the Lord. You know, and, yes. and, and so for me, I just, it's a blessing when, when we can bring, when we can come together, talk about Hamilton Park. But like TJ always talks about, Hamilton Park was all about love, but it was also yes. about the yes. parents and the neighborhood knowing the importance of their children having a relationship with the Lord. To me, yes. that's, what, that's, what really, that's what really sticks with me more, more than anything is that you, it, would, it would be no way for, for a whole community not to be in uproar and people mad at each other and angry and in this neighborhood, this street over here don't want like this street, these kids over here, but it was all because of the love, you know, uh, and, and, and so uh, I just want uh, TJ to, to, to comment on it because I love for TJ to comment, comment on uh, the love that, that uh, he said he, he got there his junior and his senior year, but the love that, that Hamilton Park was able to, to just have trickle down to their to the children. So just comment on that. We've got about 10 more minutes, and we're going to give everybody an opportunity to say something. But go ahead, TJ. I, I want you to. The first, first most, TJ, comment on the poem. Poem on most, the poem. Most, share your life because you are sharing your wife with your wife right now. Well, commenting on the poem itself, look, it's all about sharing how you feel about other people and how you would want other people to feel about you. A few years ago, a number of years ago, everybody is familiar with uh, Robert Price, Dr. Robert Price, Reverend Price. He told me a long time ago, he said, look, I want you to always consider this. Always keep Christ in your life. Make Christ number one. And then you make your family the number number two in your life. And then your community, that's your neighbors, that's your friends, those are the people that you grow up around. In other words, I want you to start loving everybody. And the reason you should love everyone is because Jesus Christ, he first loved us first. He did that first of all. We can't, it can't be done any better than that. So my livelihood was growing up, as I was growing up, was basically like this. I was taught to respect everyone. I was, I was taught to attend school. I was taught to go to church. I was taught all those things. But the main part about my life was then I found Christ. He didn't find me. I found him. I reached out to him, and he said, this is what I want you to do. So whenever I have any type of situations, 
the good the situations, the bad situations, I put Christ first. Put him first. If we put him first in our lives, we then we won't have anything to be concerned about. Love your neighbors. Love God. Love yourself. Love your family. Love your community. Even love your enemies. Even That's not a hard to do, but you even do that. All of this is always, this this station, this program, this podcast, it's all about love. It's all about the love of God. It's all about respecting what he's he's doing for us, what he's already done for us, and what he'll do for us. I can't say anything other than that. I could talk about a number of other things, but all I can think about is how much I love the Lord. And I love the Lord. I love Jesus Christ, and my life hasn't always been like that. Again, everyone, I hope you have an opportunity to just kind of let that kind of sink in just a little bit and then see how your life is. Thanks, thanks, Tob Riches, for giving, giving us hey, this you opportunity. Know, I just, I mean, that's, it's, a, it's always a blessing, and I'm, I'm going to give Walter a chance to say something, and, and then I'm going to get to Mr. Payton. You know, we like to... We like to close with always letting people know how, how much Jesus is, how important it is to, to establish that relationship. As we look as we look at what's going on with uh, with the world and we look at what's going on with how children are, are behaving and and we know that uh, the love love in Jesus can change all that. You know, if you want a child to yes. change, introduce them to Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Yes. If you want a child to change, introduce them to Jesus Christ. And I, and I yes. promise you. Uh, once he finds yes. that connection with him, he'll start to change. So, Walter, whatever you want to say, Walter, um, we got about, about about eight more minutes. So, Walter, whatever you want to say, Walter. Okay, listen, I've been married to my wife nearly 15 years, and uh, you know, people, people thought, well, Walter, you're not going, you're not going to get married to her. She's a she's a preacher. She's a pastor of a church. You're not going. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. She's a lot of fun. We we enjoy each other. We we go places. We do things. And I have, I have, I have Mr. Me. Now, the thing I love about being with my wife, she's my pastor. However, I know she lives right because I'm there. I'm here with her all the time. I see her. Now, there are a lot of times that I may want to, you know, let me tell you something. I, I mean, I know we're, we're a religious group, but I, I drink a beer once in a while. I drink a stroke. I love program margaritas. However, I don't go too far with it. And, but we go out together. I said, my wife, I'm going to get me a program margarita. She said, okay. One's enough. I said, yes, one's enough, and I, and I do that. But when Sunday comes, I, I go. I, I belong to the same church she's the pastor of. I was. She's retired now. But I just remember, we've been married nearly 15 years, and I've missed about eight eight Sundays going to church. I've had about six surgeries since we, since we got married. And I've enjoyed every Sunday. Now, it's, it's a joy to be married to someone that you – just love being with. You. I mean, we don't we don't sit around. You don't just make me live uh, under the gun all the time. We I have fun. We laugh and talk about things. She loves football more than me. She's in there right now watching football. <laughs> so, uh, well, Walter, so since, you, Walter since you said football, well, since you said football, I know everybody's trying to get off so they can watch oh, football. Okay. So, Walter, yeah, yeah. I appreciate the yeah, Walter. Right. Walter, now, okay. I, I'm gonna let uh, Mr. Payton, Mr. Payton, I'm gonna let okay. him say something. Mr. Payton, you got you, Mr. Payton, you got you got you got a, you got a minute, Mr. Payton, you got a minute. All right, I just wanna, <laughs> I just wanna let you know, how I really enjoy your show, and uh, you, looking out for 
bringing Thomas in because Thomas and I, Thomas was my role model growing up. And so I just want to let you know that I appreciate you and what you're doing. And we just have to keep the spirit and the energy of Hamilton Park alive because right. it influenced all of us. It touched all of us one yes. way or another. And yes. so uh, we do want to uh, keep uh, keep that spirit alive. I was just at a, a, a nursing home out in Richardson where my mom is, and she's three doors down from a young woman named Shirley Callahan, used to be Shirley Cole. And every time I pass, she said, Bobcats forever. So even from her sickbed, she still has the Hamilton Park spirit. And so I just want to let y'all know that uh, that it's a part of me and that, you know, I hope that we make Dr. Richard Hamilton proud, one of the top black surgeons in the in the state and uh this who having the park was named for and then we make all of those that took their time and energy to try to make us into something even when we didn't know who we were and what we were. Yes. But they were they were there. And we wanna thank mm-hmm. them for the blessings that they bestowed on us through intelligence and, and things to do. Yes. Wow, wow. You know, I, I want to appreciate that. Thank you for that. I tell you, and it's really a blessing. And you know, and I, I just want to, I just want to give a shout out to to JB right now. You know, JB knows I've done, I've done sixty. This is by my sixtieth podcast, and he, he's uh, he's he's contributed uh, to me to can do can do this while we were on the air. Uh, he didn't tell me to do this. But this is my heart. While we was on the air, uh, he uh, he donated to to what I'm trying to do, and, and I just want to publicly. Uh, say Jay, I appreciate you. You didn't have to do that. He just, he just, he just, he just bailed me something to say, Cola, keep doing what you're doing. So if anybody else want to help me support just what I'm doing, I've been doing. I've done 60 some podcasts, and it's not cheap uh, doing the flyers and doing the advertising and doing all that, you know. But you can, you can, you can support me. All you gotta do is go to my website, which is uh, k r e poetryradio.com. That's k r e poetryradio.com. You can just click the, click the button. It's a, it's a cash out button. It's a Zelle button. It's a food stamp. Now, you know, food stamp button. That's Toe Bridge is trying to get us some food or something. But now, just, just support <laughs> me. But I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing this regardless because it's not about me. It's not about TJ. My brother Bruce, come on. It's not about him. Whoever comes on the podcast, it's not about them. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about how can we, how can we represent the Lord in a way that somebody has say to themselves, Man, I got. I, I mean, I got to try to establish a relationship with the Lord myself. Because, like, next week, you know, next next uh, Sunday is right before Christmas. All right, I'm not having a podcast, but here's what I'm doing. I, I was like, Lord, I want to do it, but I said I, I, I want to. I'm going to Little Rock to and holding up in prayer. My daughter lives. My other daughter lives in Little Rock and want to share Christmas with her, and I could do it down now. But what I want to do because I, I had a podcast that I did uh, about the, I guess about the first within the first ten. I had a friend of mine, still my friend, that had two, listen to what I'm about to say, because you've got to hear this podcast, two liver transplants, two. The first one didn't work. The second one, they talking about, well, we can't give you the second liver transplant because you're not going to be strong enough. And so they were just saying, we're just going to let you die. <laughs> so 
Here and I, we prayed, and this is how close we are. We actually prayed for the family that was going to lose a loved one for him to live. And, and so he got another transplant. But he died, like, I think it was two, two or three times. But I want, I want y'all to listen to his testimony and how God delivered him. His daughter went, went to the hospital, and they tried to tell his daughter that her, her father was dead. But she had that kind of faith that she went, no, no, you're not. Went on in the hospital. But, I'm, but this comes from someone introducing our children to Jesus Christ. That, 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 that faith, and that's what we're trying, to, we're trying to say to you. Man, don't let your children leave home without having a relationship with the Lord. Don't, you know, you, got, you have your children in your house from, from the time they're born, and you got all this time to try to help them have that relationship with the Lord, and, what are you, and, 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 and you cannot drop the ball because I'm telling you, you're going to be held accountable. And let me say that again. You're going to be held accountable. Think about your life and how you were introduced to the Lord. I, I, myself, my mom introduced my, my dad. Without them, I know my brother and I, we wouldn't have the relationship that we have. TJ could say the same thing. J, JB could say, say the same thing. Walter could say the same thing. Mr. Payton could say the same thing. If somebody didn't introduce them to Jesus Christ, then they wouldn't have the life that they have today. So I'm just saying to you, Yes. Make sure that you take the chance. You take the time to introduce your children to Jesus Christ because it's very, very important. And, again, we just want to thank you. We, we, we want to let Hamilton Park know that we love y'all. And uh, next, next, next month we'll be back again with saying, talking about Hamilton Park, bringing out some points that you need to know. But in the meantime, we just pray. That everyone is safe during this Christmas holiday, this this season that's going up. People people are doing all kind of things and stuff. And so be, be protected, but more than anything, continue to pray that God watches over you. And again, go to the website uh, dot com, and also my 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 uh, nephew that has his company that he can help you and save you. His 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 uh, logo is on my site and everything. And we're gonna look for y'all next week to listen in on Travis Farr, uh, my brother, my friend, that had two liver transplants, and God let him stay here a little longer. So, again, this has been Kenneth right. Richard Evan Jr., Tolard, yep. Betty right. Boy, Doombug, and to some of y'all now, Tobias, right. saying we'll see y'all next time. Thank y'all so very much.